Welcome to The Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place where we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. I am your host, Pastor David. We have Pastor Caesar, James. That's me. And we got Ben in the house today. Ben in the house today. (laughs) We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about Pope Francis on his LGBTQ X, Y, and Z comments. And uh, we're going to do a little DIY home stuff. And then we have a, a a band, and their name is... Eucalyptian. That's the Nailed best way to get it right. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk to them today about their new album coming out. Uh, we're, we're excited about what's going on. So, so let's just hop straight into the Culture Corner. All right, so a couple weeks ago, um, the Pope came out. Mm. with some comments on the LGBTQ um, community. And he said that he endorses same-sex union. When, and I kind of went back and looked that up to see exactly what a same-sex union is. It's basically marriage. Yeah. Uh, it's just not, um, I guess it's not filed in the same places as a marriage would be filed, but it is basically a marriage. So he is saying that he's all for it and he... He's going to try to change some of the Catholic um, doctrine and stuff over it. Uh, so I just think that uh, what a world are we in right now? And uh, that we were in a place where the church is starting to say that all of this is okay. Now, before we get to that piece of it, mm. I'm not here to talk bad about this community. Um, I love these people. For sure. I've always been an advocate of making sure that we love all people, no matter um, what what their taste is and who they like and who they want to marry. Yeah. But we have to call what the Bible says it is. And it says that it is a sin. And we have to make sure that we don't begin to open up these doors uh, in places in the, in the Bible um, where we start having gray areas. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they're and. I'm not saying don't open up the doors to the church, but I'm saying we can't we can't change scripture to make it mean something that it's that's not supposed to mean, right? Um, so it's it homosexual. He said homosexual people have the right to be in a family. They are children of God. That was a quote from uh, Pope Francis. Um, I agree. They are children of God, yeah. right? Um, but I don't agree with his statement that. He is endorsing uh, the same-sex unions. Did he? Uh, did he pick like some scriptures or something to back himself up on it? No, he has not. That's always my question when he says stuff like that. Yeah, and he's getting some pushbacks. You know, um, uh, the Catholic Church uh, Bishop Tom uh, Thomas Ta- uh, Tobin said the church cannot support or accept. Uh, in moral relationships. So some of his bishops in the Catholic faith are just starting to push back on him a little bit. Now, there's a lot of others that saying this is good for the community. This is good for the church. This is good for all these different things. So I think that we just got to make sure that we are standing on the word of God, yeah. not the word of culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then there's the there's the opposite of this too, like in Poland and um, the Middle East, where these people are taking, you know, violence and death and those type of things for being who they are. I don't advocate that either. Yeah. Um, but I think there's always a chance for people to understand the truth, even if they call themselves homosexual or gay or whatever. So we shouldn't like put them up at the firing post and kill them all. Uh, but I think that uh, we should have the opportunity to love them, share the truth with them without changing the word. Yeah. Yeah. You know, meeting meeting people where they are is something that we definitely see Jesus doing time and time again. Uh, the, the thing with all of that is that he um, he didn't leave them the same way that he found them, right. uh, regardless of who they were. And uh, I, I, I agree. You know, we have to we have to reach out and love to everybody because that's who we're called to reach out to everybody. Uh, the moment we start picking and choosing to say who's good enough and who's all that, then I, I think that's more uh, um, that's not going to help the Christian cause. We're not to, we're not supposed to be that. We, we'll let God um, sort all that out. All we have to do is just be witnesses. But yeah, you know, the uh, um, I didn't read that article. I, I did see the news on that, but I didn't read further into it. Did he say that whenever he was sitting on his chair? And that's really important to to Catholic doctrine well i didn't see the documentary yet mm-hmm. so i'm going to go back and watch the documentary uh and and probably not probably in a interview format he probably wasn't sitting there mm-hmm. uh but it's probably in the, like a you know a, a location where they can get lighting and different things right and yeah all, the, all that stuff so yeah what's the deal with the chair it's like so the chair whenever he whenever he pronounces something on his chair mm-hmm. right and there, there's a fancy uh latin term for it i think it's like ex nilo or something like that but whenever he pronounces uh anything from his chair it's to be taken as if it was god himself telling yeah, yeah. you so one of the uh one of the titles of the pope is the vicar of christ and what that boils down to and what that means is that he is christ's substitute on earth mm-hmm. so whenever he's speaking it's not a man speaking to the f- his followers yeah it's actually god speaking Wow. And and that's uh you know so there's over a billion Catholics in the world so it you know it it matters yeah it, it matters Definitely. very much yeah so anyway I mean it's uh you know um, we need to correct people absolutely but uh, we need to figure out how to do that you know you know some people they uh, they don't want to correct and love and I think that's the only way we can correct you know we got to correct and love got to correct and love there was a there was a another one of the uh, bishops that were talking that was kind of defending the Pope he said. Uh, Pope Francis is a lot like Jesus, that Jesus was always out on the forefront uh, doing things that the religious people didn't always agree with. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's kind of putting this out there the same as Jesus going out and hanging out with the sinners and and doing certain things. Um, It's a good argument. Sounds good. Yeah, but it doesn't align up with the word. That's the problem. Yeah. and then, especially when you talk about Catholic, because they base so much stuff off the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah, that's really, like even more. Yeah, it doesn't condemning. even it doesn't yeah, and, align. And then, and then look at these last you know few decades and all the all the sex scandals and all the you know all that going on as well. But maybe this is just a push for them also to uh, I don't know get some popularity and get their numbers back up. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Who knows? It's a, it's one of those tough, tough things. We're going to continue to watch this. I'm sure this is not over with. There's probably going to be legislation and all kinds of different things that come out of this. Um, we know that the, the bent of the world is going more and more liberal. Uh, so this is not surprising. But yeah. at the same time, it is a little bit shocking.
So, anyways, we'll watch this story and uh, we'll see what happens with it. Um, Caesar, what you got? All right. So, as some of you know and some of you don't, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in between uh, career paths right now and all this kind of stuff. So, I find myself, like probably many of you, um, spending a lot of time at home. And whenever you're not out there, you know, clocking the dollars, you uh, you got to take care of things at home. And at least that's what my wife tells me. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she uh, she's updated my honey do list. You're going to pull your weight. <laughs> oh, yeah. She said, if you ain't going to be working out there, you're going to be working here. Hey, I, I love my wife. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, no, no. And I get it. So, you know, it's just basic kind of things like, you know, we got to clean this. You got to clean that. And and it's like. Whenever you start getting into some of these things, it's like, well, um, I got a, I got a couple ceiling fans, and and you know, ceiling fans they get real real grody real quick, real right? Yeah. And then it's like cleaning them is even more of a mess, yeah. right? So let's go to Google. Let's see what's going. How do you clean a ceiling fan? So that's where all the inspiration of what we're talking about right now came from. Is there a correct so, way to clean one? Well, oh, yes. Swiffer. Well, yeah. well, no, you got to use a vacuum, bro. Okay, oh so we have okay, different so opinions then, about this. Okay, <laughs> so I found the uh, that that and this is a very popular DIY hack on how you clean your ceiling fans without the mess, because even Swiffer and a vacuum will give you some mess as well. Um, you get a, a pillowcase, an old pillowcase, and you wrap it around the blades. And then pull it off. And then, yeah, and then you pull oh, it right off. And then, maybe you can spray a little bit of that dust and stuff inside the pillowcase first. If I did that with Sandra's pillowcase, she'd kill me. I'm telling you right now. Oh, yeah. Old pillowcase. Old pillowcase. She just put her pillow back in it. She's like, I shoot, I shoot. Uh-huh. <laughs> David, did, did, did you clean did the ceiling fan again? <laughs> so uh, I actually did that one today. And so I, cro- I, I, I crossed off one of my honeydews today. But uh, hey, it worked and it worked great. And it, it, it worked with I have really bad allergies. So usually whenever, you know, that happens, uh, there's yeah. cleaning. So um, I'm always sneezing. I think I only sneezed once. So uh, so that's a win for me. So yeah. if you didn't know, now you know. Okay, so, <laughs> so here we got one here. We got use kosher salt and lemons to clean a chopping board. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, if you don't like cleaning with chemicals, if you like going with more of a natural route, yeah. Uh, yeah, use some kosher salt and some lemons to clean. Yeah, they always use the uh, something, some kind of acidy something. Mm-hmm. That's always the that's thing. That's good, especially like on uh, my favorite cutting boards are wood, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um, you don't want to put a lot of different chemicals in there because the wood soaks it up. So that'll, yeah. that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Check this one out. Use a razor to remove paint from clothes. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to go close, but... I got a jacket that I got paint on that I didn't wear today. Give yeah. it a shot, man. <laughs> yeah, Do you have a razor? It. I don't have a razor. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple months ago, well, we got this cool little device from Amazon. Uh, we have a, a cloth-type uh, couch, right? So once you sit on it for a while, you, you get your socks up there and all that. It starts getting those little, you know, those little balls on the, on the uh, all-in-the-fabric yeah. thing and all that. So they sell this little device that... Um, Man, it, it has little razor blades in it, so you're essentially shaving. <laughs> you're shaving your couch. Yeah, I see them. Yeah, and I was like, really? That that works? But uh, just like you have a beard trimmer or something like that, it has its own little thing. And oh, we were, I said, let's try it. And man, it, it cleaned up so much of it, and it has a little reservoir kind of thing. And whenever you pour it out, so that's like so gratifying. Yeah, it's <laughs> super gratifying. When I uh, when I shave. I always... Uh, the bearded wonder, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Here we go. You guys ready for this? I don't shave very often, but when I but do... But when I do, <laughs> I like to see all the hair 
in the trash that I just shaved off. It makes me feel pretty good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I got a trash What's can full last week. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I messed up when I was cleaning it up, and I it was about at like a six or a seven, and now it's at a two. Man, that was a lot of hair, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels good. Look at it. Well, it's not even just good. It's just interesting to be like that was that all was on, on my, my body. Face. Yeah, <laughs> and I still have all of this yeah, on my face. <laughs> Here's another one with lemon. Uh, use lemon to remove the stains from faucets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Any acidy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And people like lemons because it smells good too. Yeah, I always make sure that I, I keep my lemons and orange peels and all that stuff. And make sure you put them in the after you finish cleaning it and putting everything away. Make sure that goes into the mm-hmm. uh, garbage disposal last, and and then right before they're all gone out of the garbage disposal, turn the water off. And then they let that acidy, good smelling stuff sit there a little bit and keep, you know, kill all that bacteria out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, helps. Now, help. Genius. We're killing it right now. Help me with this one because, you know, they don't give a description on on, on what it is, but but I'm still trying to, like, figure this one out. So use duct tape and vinegar to clean your toilet. And then they have, like, a, (laughs) then they have a scrubber, a picture of a scrubber, but they don't show the process, like, what, what do you use the tape for? I think that one is just to fool you. And just to see who's dumb enough to stick duct to tape in their I, toilet. I, listen, <laughs> to duct tape the toilet. Listen, if you're going to clean your toilet, this is where you use the chemicals. Uh-huh. Okay? <laughs> this don't is mess it. around with lemons and limes <laughs> yes. and I duct know what's tape. coming out of my mouth. Salt. Salt. <laughs> yeah, no, COVID, no, 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 no. We got we to gotta get... the salt out of the toilet? <laughs> Yeah, you got to keep the, you know, the high bleach. The, yes. Do the real deal. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, this is like, uh, there's just a whole lot of functional things here. Like, uh, y'all don't have kids yet, but uh, but, but you have a that's wife right. that's very artsy, that's right? right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes whenever they're playing with glitter or something like that, getting glitter out of anything is, oh, is, is next to impossible. I hate it when I get it on my face after a night on Saturday. Mm. I mean, uh, what, 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 <laughs> what was that? <laughs> So sorry, this we is all you, know what you're talking about. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Those glitter nights. Yeah, glitter you nights. know Saturdays with glitter, <laughs> David. <laughs> Shut it! All right, so uh, the way that you remove, or one of the ways you can remove DIY hack uh, glitter, is actually use Play-Doh. Mm. I would not have thought of that. Uh, but that's pretty good. genius. I can picture that working. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Just rub a little Play-Doh on your face, David. <laughs> yeah, right. You just get a uh, like a, a mask and put it on there. Yeah, like <laughs> soften my skin. <laughs> Every Saturday, this I is David's life. <laughs> Glitter all over his face. Another crazy night. Hey, yeah, y'all know I had a crazy weekend. His, I come to church smelling like play Play-Doh. Play-Doh. Yeah. Stacks of Play-Doh at his house. Uh, imagine that conversation. Yeah. Sandra, yeah, yeah. Did you did order the Play-Doh? Did you get the Play-Doh? <laughs> Where'd you put my Play-Doh? <laughs> what? Okay. Last Why do one. you need it? <laughs> Why did we spend $300 on Play-Doh this month? Hey, speaking of that, <laughs> uh, I heard Biden say that uh, President Trump wrote off seventy thousand dollars on hair products. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is the deal with the hair? Like he's always. I watched uh, an episode of the Trump documentary on Netflix. I watched one of them yesterday, 
And so it starts when he's like in his 20s and stuff. And he still has ridiculous hair yeah, there. Yeah. But you know he thinks it's great the whole time. Like he's it, real like. I don't know if he thinks it's great, but it's like, it's almost like his name on the side of the building, right? Yeah. It's almost like his logo or mm-hmm. his persona. Like he's or, ne- I, I can't think of a single photo I've ever seen where he didn't have the hair like all hair. crossed over. I mean, it's but just he bad could hair. just cut it short and it he would look bad hair. normal. It's just bad hair. But he refuses to just like no, cut. It's, it's iconic. Yes. Yeah. But I'm saying even before it was iconic, he was like, yeah, no, this is good. Yeah, he nah, kept just combing it over. I definitely watched that documentary and like halfway through it when he was like in his 40s or so, his hair was getting real bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> it got real bad in the middle of that documentary. Yeah, now, maybe it take, it, obviously, it takes $70,000 a year to keep that stuff straight. <laughs> there's, hey. no way, there's, there's no way. Hey, I get it. Did you hear about the, uh, the thing with, um, I think it was Dr. Dre? I think he was like having a divorce with his wife, and oh, she was. You heard she about was that suing thing? Him for? Oh my! Yes, it was goodness. like it was like two million a month that he was supposed to pay her. It was something yes. absurd like that. Yeah. And then when you do that, you have to like write out the categories of like why you need this much money. I need this much for this and this much for that. Yeah, bring and, that next week. Let's talk about that next dude, week. Dude, yeah. Her phone bill was the thing that got me. Yes, I think it was like twenty five thousand a month for oh phone God. bill, and I was like, yo, <laughs> I I could get the top. Top carrier, top plan, whatever. And I, I don't think I could possibly spend more than like maybe a thousand max if I got all the bells and whistles. International, like, the whole yeah, like what what phone company, what kind of phone calls can she make? Right. Yeah. Well, you get for a thousand dollars, you get all the phone companies. That's what I'm like. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring that next week because we need to go over that because yeah. that was some crazy stuff. Well, last one before we move on to the next segment, you can clean up broken glass by using a piece of sliced bread. Oh, wow. We always just uh, for- probably use more Play-Doh, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought for sure. You already got this Play-Doh laid around for all yeah. you glitter nights. Not if you want to play with the Play-Doh again. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bad trick for Halloween. Right. <laughs> So we we sweep and then wet the mop and then mop because the the, the glass gets stuck to the wet mop. Yeah, that'll work yeah, too. So we do that. So I just but, don't break glass. Yeah, that's that's the Ever. you ain't got kids yet. No, <laughs> keep it. Keep my awesome. glass. Together. Anything else? That's it. No, well, I mean, there's plenty. But if uh, if you're interested in it, just go to Google and just type in uh, DIY home cleaning hacks. Awesome. Well, up next we're gonna talk to the band Eucalyptus. There you Ew. go. track off their album what's the album called go ahead and ignore this if you want go ahead and ignore this if you want um that was one of my jams that i liked off that album we're gonna go over a few things um so ben james 
Um, y'all are brothers. Y'all here. James, you're part of our podcast every week. Ben, thanks for coming and, and talk to us about our, your album. Y'all's dropping. When is the release date? Friday. Well, I don't know when this is going to be out. Like, is this? It's yes, Friday, November 6th. So 6th. whenever, by the time we're, you hear this, it should be out, right? Yeah, we're going to drop yeah. this on uh, the, the day of your album drop, too. So we're just going to, oh, even well, if we have to come up a little bit early, we're going to have to drop it. So, Friday, yeah. November 6th. That's it. November 6th. Um, very, very good. So talk to us a little bit about the name uh, of the uh, of the band, right? That's a little bit different. Name I of was, the band. That's you, Ben. You name of the band, Eucalyptian, man. Well, uh, like, like most people, we all have good times and bad times in the life and so back you know in our high school days was whenever i had you could say so-called bad times bad in my time. life. and so when i was in yeah. a bad place and i was forced to read books you know to pass the time i would read this book and i was spending about all week trying to figure out what the name of our band could be because james always said marshmallow party no that's no, no that name. was that was his, there's the joke that was the joke you know that's which, my which, email yeah, that's, that's his email, email. Yeah. there's no way that's actually what we're gonna be going with i wasn't you know? trying to call it that but yeah, anyway but so then uh it's i just remember name, though. Yeah, yeah i'm trying to figure something out and then i'm reading and then i see this cool word eucalyptus and it like when i'm reading it it just flowed like through my brain like i knew how to say it but that's a pretty crazy looking word and I didn't know what he was talking about. So I went and asked this English teacher, and he said, oh, eucalyptus is awesome, bro. Eucalyptus, this, it's in oils, it's in this, it's nothing but awesome stuff. Great, great, great stuff. And so then I was listening to a bunch of revolution, iration, you know. So then I just thought, let's put the I.O. in at the end of eucalyptus and make it a name. And it just flows out the mouth, and everybody seems to like it. So that's where the name came from. Yeah, he came home one day and was like, I got the name. Yeah. Well, I, y'all know I have trouble with words sometimes. Mm-hmm. It All didn't flow out of my mouth. No. <laughs> but I have my, I think my tongue's too big for my mouth, so I have, <laughs> have some issues. Uh, but I listened to the album. Too much glitter in your mouth. Yeah, too much glitter. <laughs> 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 I'm uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you sent me the album uh, a couple days ago, yeah. and uh, man, I've listened to it a couple times. I like listening to albums over and over again at the very beginning yeah. uh, to make sure that I'm hearing what I'm hearing. Um, and this is how I explain the album, okay? <laughs> this is going to be good. Let's hear it. I've been waiting to hear this. <laughs> Wait, 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 Because I'm interested to hear on how they describe their sound and 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 how you perceive okay. their sound. So you describe what your what, what your music is. So I always had trouble saying it. I finally just for like simplification purposes said, if you ask me what genre is it, I'll say it's alternative reggae rock, and that was like as easy as I could do it while still trying to be mostly accurate. Okay, so yeah. this is the way I explained it. An indie rock band crash lands into the Virgin Islands. Nice. There you go. Hey, I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why I, I yeah, feel like y'all, y'all crash landed there and then just got into the culture and then you brought, you know, where you came from and where you are and then you just made this music. Yeah. An indie rock band from Houston specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Landed. Yeah. I like and that. And then um, Definitely. what was uh, uh, what was the, the Jewish Rapper, Madishahu. There's some feeling of that in there. Yeah, I like the old Madishahu. Uh, and then uh, uh, CCR. I felt some, uh, uh, what is it? Credence uh, Clearwater. Oh, I never actually listened uh, to that. There's so some I... of that feeling to there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 
I thought I thought it was some really good stuff. Um, so, t- how long y'all been working on the album? Oh man, well, man. it's so technically it's been probably like four or five years. Yeah, but it because there's like two or three songs on there that we wrote like when we first decided we were going to do music stuff four or five years ago. I was still in college at the time, and uh, it that all started just because I was because uh, I've played drums since like forever, and I was in college. Um, going to get my audio engineering degree because I, w- I knew I wanted to make music and uh, I was I wanted to be able to do it myself. So I wanted to be able to like have all the recording equipment ourselves and say, hey, I want to record a song and then be able to do that. And I wanted to know what I was doing with this equipment. I didn't want to just be like some chump that like bought some stuff online, bought a producer package or whatever. It was <laughs> yeah, like, right. now I'm a producer. Or producer so, started. Yeah, it. I wanted to know what, was actually going on. So that's why I decided to go to school for it and all. So I was in school taking all those classes and then Ben was going through some stuff and I asked him the question. I said, hey, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And I said, I play bass in a reggae band. And I said, dude, sounds good to me. (laughs) Well, that's funny because... Uh, and I, I might have mentioned this before the podcast, but before we started talking about it, I was just like, I'm going to wait for the podcast. But the two things that I feel like really hit on this album is the drums and the bass line. Those two things go super hard. Well, that's, well, so I'm, before I'm anything else, I'm a drummer. Yeah, right. before I'm anything else, I'm a bass player. I mean, I play guitar and we got a bass yeah. player for our shows, but yeah, bass is my baby. So that's that's was, I'm glad that you said that because that, that makes me feel good. Yeah, that it, it went really hard, especially on some of the, some of the, um, uh, some of the songs, the drums come in nice. And uh, when I was listening to it, I could just hear it. I could just see you putting every mic on every tom and cymbal. Yeah. And, and, well, it's and funny because it you, since really you actually good. like personally know me, right. so I'm sure you could probably just, like you see me play drums like right. all the time. And then I've seen you on the other end when you're, you're you know, you're engineering our, yeah. our, you know, our services and stuff like that. So I seen like visuals in my head of yeah. all that stuff going on while you were making the album. Yeah, and so. I, I think people that, that don't know y'all, whenever they listen to it, especially the ryth- the rhythm section, right, um, they're, they're going to say either those two are related, right, yeah. or they've just been playing for a very, very long time, and there's an, an absolute chemistry there. Well, it's yeah. like both true. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we are related, obviously. But yeah, when we I have, have, yeah, when I have friends come over and they hear me and James play something together or we just record something together real quick just like bass and drums or just guitar and drums like they they all say y'all are just so in sync like y'all are just super in sync and like I definitely listening to this album definitely the drums and the bass I totally get what y'all are saying well yeah. we played together for like a while doing like church stuff we've played a bunch together um, we've played like we just played together we do a like at the high school, because our dad works at Deer Park High School, one of the choir directors there. So we've filled in on uh, whatever kind of choir hello, music. Hello, Texas type stuff and all that. Done yeah. that stuff. There's a choir concert that needs a part. Because sometimes yeah. they'll do like a more pop song in like a choir setting. So like they did a James Taylor song a couple years ago. Me and Ben played like bass and drums on that together. And I don't know. We've just like played together in different situations for years. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it helps that we're actually related. So we started off talking about production and you could hear the production. It's produced very, very well. Thanks. Um, what what do you think was the biggest challenge on this record as far as from a production standpoint? Um, for that. So so first off, we did everything ourselves. So we 
wrote the songs, recorded the songs, and then I mixed the songs. Uh, so we did it all ourselves. The only thing we didn't do is mastering them, which uh, I know a lot of people don't know what the difference is, but mastering is basically once you get the song sounding the way you want it to sound, you get it mastered, and the mastering pulls up. It, it basically makes all the songs about the same level. So like if it's playing on the radio and like a Drake song is playing and then your song comes up, one of them's not like way louder or way quieter and it just kind of helps balance things out a little bit more. That's like a really crude description of mastering. But anyway, yeah. so that's the only thing that we didn't do. Uh, everything else we did. So the question was, what was the question? What was the, the most difficult thing? So probably since, so we basically kind of produce each other as far as like, hey, I think the bass part should sound like this or the drums should sound like this or whatever. We kind of yeah. like just do that for each other, which works out really good. Um, I don't think it usually would, but it does for us for whatever reason. Real, yeah. The, every time one of us has an idea or something, we can just finish each other's pretty much thought. Whenever we're writing a song or something, we pretty much know exactly what we're saying before we yeah. start saying it. But the the probably the toughest thing is since we're doing it all ourselves, like recording it at home and stuff. Uh, you know, I've time. only got I've only got so many inputs. Yeah, the time. Mm. So I if I'm gonna record drums. I can't just like be the drummer and show up and play the drum part, right? Like I gotta set everything up, I gotta get all the mics up, and then I, you know, I gotta do the engineer part. I gotta do all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's so that was probably the toughest part because you couldn't just like wear one hat. Where which is I love that. Like when I come to church, I like being able to just be like, hey, I'm playing drums today, and that's it. Or I'm running sound today, I'm done. You know, that's it. It's a lot tougher when it's like you're running around trying to do because you can't just focus on one thing. You yeah. know. You know, you do it. You do what you have to do whenever you got to do it. But like, that's probably the toughest part as far as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the, the things that really helped the music stand out is that you say you know you're a drummer and you say that you you are you know a bass player, but if us knowing you, you know, you can get on the keys a little bit and you know chords and different things like that. So, and then if anybody knows Ben. Uh, without blowing his head up, he is just a marvelous musician. Yeah, um, I've seen him walk on stages. You know, I've taken him to a buddy of mine. He was doing some hip hop stuff, and then Ben was just like, "Yeah, just play it. I'll catch up." You know, and mm -hmm. then there, everybody's looking at him like he's already got it. You know, like two beats in, and he's just over there, just jamming or just watching the guitar play, play yeah. guitar player playing. He's he's playing. So um, that's always just kind of amazed me the the IQ that Ben has for music, mm -hmm. you know, and you, that really, it really shines on, on your yeah. album. Do you have perfect pitch, Ben? Uh, last week I had somebody who had a super old guitar and asked me to put new strings on it for him. And I put it on and tuned it up to the perfect tuning without a, without a tuner. So, I mean, if that's what you want to call perfect pitch, <laughs> you can call it perfect he, pitch. He has perfect pitch and he'll, he'll tune his guitar mid song. Yeah. You know, so he's like, do, 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 do. And then he'll tune it. And just as he's going, you know, just. there's a more accurate term for it, though. It's like relative, relative, something yeah. or another. Well, cause you can learn. So like, if you go to college, you can learn, you can take a like ear training classes. Mm -hmm. I had to take a basic one when I went, I don't have near as good of an ear as Ben. So I, but you can learn it is what it, and Ben's been doing this. He's been doing like yeah, theory it, stuff since when did you start taking bass lessons? The, uh, I started taking bass lessons in like sixth grade. Yeah, and so he's been doing it a long yeah, time. Yeah, basically, it's not like I had it right off the bat. It definitely took a long time to be able to tune something and just have that. But whenever it comes to perfect pitch, like, if a song's playing or if somebody's singing a song and, like, 
I can't really, I'm not going to say I got the perfect pitch saying, like, no, that song's higher up or no, that song's lower or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I wouldn't say that, but whenever it comes to the guitar and the whole, like, playing it just off the top, I think, yeah, I mean, I could pretty much, when it comes to the guitar, yeah, I think a, I got the yeah, pitch. Yeah, like a, a, tune, a tuned ear to it. But, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I was, I follow this one YouTuber, his name is Rick Beato. On, yeah, uh, I follow yeah, him too. Yeah, he's fantastic, right? And, he was talking about perfect pitch and relative pitch, uh -huh. and uh, his son has perfect pitch. Yeah, um, he has relative pitch, and and uh, one interesting fact about all of that is that you can only develop perfect pitch in the first thousand days of your life. Oh, that's wow. crazy! Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. then everything else is just ear training and those kind of yeah. things. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like Ben was talking about, there's some people that can that can hear something playing on the radio and say, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's CDEFG, whatever, mm -hmm. right? And they can just, just blurt it out just like that and know, oh, that, that note's a little flat, it's a little sharp, it's a little this. And uh, it's just, just really, really interesting stuff. I have a question, another just production question before we move on. Um, I love production, yeah. you know, the, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that, that takes place. Now, you had a, you had a move, right? You, had a, uh, you, were, you were at one location and you moved into your house and all that. Yeah, yeah. Did... Uh, did you record drums in the old place and in the new place, or was it all recorded in yeah. one place? It was so, let me think, probably like 70% of the drums were recorded in my old place, which was just a little duplex in Pasadena. It's not like a good place to record stuff, but it was what we were using. So yeah, probably like 70% of them was. And then like the last few songs that we recorded, I had already moved. So one of them I recorded in... Uh, in our living room of the new place, we have, like, a high ceiling in there, so mm -hmm. the drums sound different in there than if you, like, take it to one of the bedrooms and have... I, one of the bedrooms, I have, like, carpets on the wall and stuff to, like, deaden the sound and all. Yeah. So, so like, one of the songs I recorded out in the living room because I, wa I wanted a bigger sound to it. And one of them I recorded in the other room because mm -hmm. I wanted it to be tighter, and it was just... Stuff. So, yeah, most of it was recorded at the old place, but I did kind of record different Were you on click? Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. When I, yeah, when I record stuff, you got to do it to the click for the most part. I know we're nerding out on a lot of you guys, but all of us in here are like super, super <laughs> music nerds. Uh, so this is very, very interesting to us. Uh, but we are going to get into some other stuff. But this is a, this is some good stuff. I, I remember sitting at the studio two o'clock in the morning and have to get up at six and just mm -hmm. how to make myself leave because the stuff is so intriguing and i just want to yeah, know how yeah. every piece of it works you know? i took yeah. a uh, one of the classes i had taken college was a midi class which is it's an acronym for musical instrument digital interface yeah there we yep. go anyway yeah, so like if you make <laughs> anything on a computer if you're any of those guys who's like making beats and using com synthesizers on your computer and stuff you're using midi is what you're doing so that was a class all about that but uh in there like the the projects you'd have to do would just be like use these different tools to make a two minute song or whatever. And so then it was just like teaching you how to use these different MIDI tools on the yeah. computer. And uh, so the class would be like a three hour class and I would go in there and I'd say, okay, I need a bass sound for this project. And you would just go in and I would just go in and just listen to all these different presets and like turn knobs, digital knobs on things. And I would do that and I would be like, okay, got the bass sound. And then I would look at the time and say, oh, class is over. <laughs> Just because you can get wrapped up in that yeah, stuff absolutely. forever. Let's find out a little bit who you guys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, before we nerd out on some of these other uh, creative uh aspects of the album some of the songs really just delving a little bit deeper uh let's just uh, get to know our guest a little bit so uh let's answer this uh 
Beatles or Rolling Stones? Beatles. Yeah, Beatles. Are you kidding me? Well, that's not even close. They Dude, were that like was, on that. Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> James, what do you think, man? Yeah, no, I'd be I'd go Beatles too. I, Stones are cool, but uh I would Beatles are better musicians, so. Yeah. Overall. Yeah, I think I think just because maybe the Rolling Stones is more current, you know, I would probably pick Rolling Stones. Yeah. Mm. Real talk. Yeah. I think you're the I only person I've ever met that has said Rolling Stones. They're they're yeah. just not they're just not my jam. And I, that's I, I mean, the only thing. I, I, I think the other thing about it, I I really never got into the Beatles to listen through their their you know uh, all their albums and stuff. So yeah, I saw the Paul McCartney talking. I don't know if I even mentioned this in another podcast. Probably not. I don't know. But Paul McCartney was talking about how uh, how back in those days, whenever they were in Liverpool or whatever, uh, they uh, whenever they found out that somebody in, in in either their town or a town nearby knew a chord that they didn't know, because that was like their thing, mm-hmm. going learning chords. Remember, this is a time before the internet, yeah. right? They would hop a bus, go clear across town just to go learn one chord, and then come back and then. Show all their friends. Hey, look! I, I learned a G seven. Yeah, you know, funny. you said that was the Beatles. That did yeah, that? yeah, the Paul McCartney. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they used to do when they did shows when they were first coming up in whatever part of England they were from. I don't even remember. Beatle fans are gonna hate me for that, but uh, <laughs> they would play like five, six hour sets of it down in the basement of this famous club. Can't remember mm-hmm. the name of it either. But yeah, they would just play for like multiple nights a week, just five, six hours at a time. And right. So it's like, yeah, that's why they're so good. Yeah, those <laughs> guys are awesome. Played all the time. All right. Next question. Coffee or tea? What do you do? Did we hear that? That was a real good question, man. I probably drink more coffee than I do tea. Um, it would depend on the time of day. If it's like afternoon, later in the day. Dude, I'm tea. a tea guy, man. Because on the real, I wake up in the morning and I turn the Keurig on, but like I'm getting me a cup and I'm pouring me some tea and I'm gonna chug that tea real quick. I just woke up. Do you so, really? Yeah, oh, dude. That's because I can. <laughs> You know, so like I'm gonna go with K cups. If I had to, if I had to choose, it'd be it'd be iced tea, man. Oh man! All right. What? It's an inside. (laughs) What is your best useless talent? Go ahead, Ben's full of them. (laughs) Man, I could juggle on a unicycle, and I've seen that, and, and I don't know why, dude. That's gonna be listen. It right there. Listen, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now because of your talent of juggling on a unicycle, there was a hole put in one of my walls in my old house. Oh because yeah, because of that. Because my kids really? were like, because Adam wanted, yeah, Adam wanted. He could juggle, but he couldn't ride a unicycle, so he bought a unicycle and then crashed in my entryway and put a hole in the wall. Oh, that's so funny. I don't take think, full responsibility. Yeah. on that. I don't think I've ever heard that story. Yes, yes. Oh, so. That's awesome. Yes, that Mama was not happy. <laughs> How about oh, you, James? What's your dude, best useless talent? I don't know. I I don't know. Do I have any no, useless dude, skills? James uses all of his talents. I try to use. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I don't have a ton of just like general talents. It's either just like things I learned from working at them, and if I'm going to put in time to work for it, it's for a reason. So yeah. I don't know. Like most of the things we just said with Ben, he learned when we were like you know t- early teenagers in the summer with nothing to do and it's like what are you going to do today i guess i'll learn how to juggle so like yeah. i didn't do that stuff <laughs> i wish i kind of wish i had <laughs> For real. But, 
we had a conversation one time. I think we were like eating like at Mod Pizza or something like that. It was a few of us on the, on the table. And then I asked you a question, really the whole table question. said, would you want to be good at just like one thing and be, you know, terrible at everything else? Or would you be okay with being mediocre in a lot of things, yeah. but not really being good at any one thing? Don't answer that answer because it. I'm mediocre at a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, a, I'm a jack of all trades, yeah. master of uh, None. none. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely none. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you're I mean you're you're a really good drummer, so I I, yeah. I like to push back yeah, on that a little bit. Yeah, but but it's like anybody that's in the drummer world, they they'd realize it's like, well, yeah, I mean he can he can play, but you know, there's other there's other cats that can play. Yeah. You know? There's always gonna be somebody out there better than you. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Not you, but you as yeah. everybody. <laughs> no matter what it is. So how about you, Ben? Would you, uh, well, you're great at everything that you do. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. That's there's, been people like, there's people like him that are great at that's everything. That's the problem. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, and, and you that don't know Ben, you might be like, oh, you, you guys are just inflating his head. But no, you, these, this, he really is one of those individuals where he just picks it up and it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it's music or, you know, if he picks up a basketball or any or a sport or whatever it is that Ben's, he's always been able to pick it up really quick. Well, I, I, I put everything that I'm good at, I give glory to God, number one. And I, mm-hmm. and I, and I shout out my older brothers that are the same size and weight as me. Yeah. That I learned a bunch of stuff from watching those boys. Yeah. And so let's not let's Be, not forget I got two brothers that are the right. same size and weight that are good at a lot of stuff too. But yeah, being the baby, you have you have to pick up stuff pretty quick or you get left behind. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So uh, one more, one more before we move on to this next one. So can you remember your first like legit musical performance where it was it was your first one, not together, but just individually? Um. Let's see. I would. It would have been elementary school choir. No, before that, I played the chimes in elementary school. Y'all remember the chimes? Yeah. No. What were they called? The I the, think they were called the, chimes. The, the big ones. They were called the. Where you like you, tone you do chimes. The, the tone chimes. Tone chimes. Y'all remember choir. tone chime like, choir? Like Carol of the Bells. Yeah. Yeah. The bells, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. They had a, they had one in elementary school, and I think I did that in third grade, and then yeah. in. Uh, do you remember how old you had to be for the choir? You had to choir? be at least in third grade. And then fourth grade was when the choir started. Yeah, and I don't know why I was in the choir. I didn't want to do it. Yeah, but no, for some reason I was in... in oh, I remember why. Because <laughs> in elementary school, if you were in the elementary school choir, uh, at the end of the year, they had this big skate party where they take you to skate world. That's what And you got to go skate for the day. And so Speaking you got to miss skate world. I'm just... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We DJ don't want to know the We don't want to know know so glitter. Been, All we're gonna to say to is glitter. <laughs> tons and tons of glitter. Oh man! Yeah, would have had to be the tone chimes. Third grade, man. Oh, That's tone chime away. Well, shoot, I remember. I remember in the kids' church uh, band or whatever. I was only in like fourth grade, and then and then right. Salvador really needed me to play in the youth band, and so then somehow or another he talked me into going. Fifth grade or sixth grade, I was still in the kids' church and I was playing in the youth band, and I'd have to walk back across because I wasn't technically old enough for the yeah. service. 
Shout out funny. Salvador. He was, yeah. he was here last night helping yeah. us out. We had yeah. a little event here. Oh, was he really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, actually said, he actually said he, uh, he, he he's catching the podcast. So shout out Salvador. Hey, Rona. Salvador. Cool. I hope you listen right now, man. Salvador, you you have a huge part in this album, whether you know it or not. That's right. <laughs> well, there true. it is. Honestly, That's like, true. He's going to be asking for royalties. We all, I mean, <laughs> right? we all played with him. He used to be like the he used guy. To yell at me. He used to scream at me and say, <laughs> And he'd turn my amp all the way up, and he'd have distortion on it, do a whole bunch of stuff, and I'd be playing super loud. And he said, Ben, you hear how loud this is? You need to play this loud all the time. <laughs> screaming at me, you know? That's I good. love that guy. He never he, took it easy on me, yeah. I remember. Yeah. He, he, he's the one that first invited me out to the youth group. Uh, and then, really? uh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, when for, I met you. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that was his last service. And then uh, wow. and then you heard me playing. You're like, you want to come back next week? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, now I'm the pastor. Yeah, yeah. He's, another one, he's another one that can pick up an instrument and play. Oh, yeah. 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 He's yeah. Just a trem- it's sickening and, in the best way. And, mm-hmm. and even more than that, just a tremendous guy. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's just just a incredible. Good, good, just a good guy. His whole family. I love his family. Yes, sir. Yes, Very sir. Good. Well, hey, there you go. We get to know our guests a little bit. Um, now, if you can... Just kind of talk us through the creative process. This is a very creative album. I know it's not uh, necessarily has one unifying theme, yeah. but uh, but but creatively, uh, how you know how did you string this album together? Um, do you want me to answer that? Shoot, I'll give it a whack. Well, basically, uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like for the most part, I wrote uh, like the. Be- Getting like creations of each song, like I'd pretty much come up with the vibe of the song through a guitar part, yeah. and then I'd show that to James, and it would be real obvious right off the bat if James dug it or not. Because if he if he dug the guitar little riff that I just have, he'd jump on the jumps, and then next thing you know, we're kind of getting a vibe of where the song's gonna go, and then after that, I'd kind of come up with a bass line, and then. From there on, then James would do his magic on the synthesizer, and that's pretty much how a song would come down. Like, I start on the guitar, James would hop on the drums if he dug whatever I came up with, and then come up with a bass line, and then James goes nuts on the synthesizers, and then <laughs> the song gets created. <laughs> you know? so, so while we're on this topic right here, so uh, how does how does creative differences work out then? Well, we don't really have too many. Um, we listen to so we both listen to like a ton of different music um and then i have kind of like certain genres i listen to more and ben definitely has some that he listens to more but like there's so much crossover that it's if i say hey this should sound like this band mixed with that he'll he'll be like oh yeah i totally know what that means Mm -hmm. and uh so we like a lot of the same stuff so i don't know we figured out how to work together so but i so i told you earlier that the hardest thing for production was like doing everything ourselves, which is probably true, but it's also like one of the, yeah, the things the that's like time. the best thing because anytime if me and Ben are trying to do something, just us, like we can get it done and it'll come out probably the best way it was going to come out. But if we like throw in somebody else in there, it just like kind of throws a wrench in the whole thing. And it's mm-hmm. so like it is more difficult to just have to do everything ourselves, but it's also. Kind of like way better, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah. cool. Well, let's let's get into one of the the songs on the album or another song on the album, and uh, let's talk a little bit of that since we're talking about creation. Go ahead. This this is the song called "Try." You say I gotta go, but I say I'll stay. You tell me what. 
songs on the album is try um talk me a little bit what's the the meaning behind this song i i feel like i feel some emotion in this this song yeah, ben, um, wrote, ben wrote like 80 percent of that yeah one. so t- talk to me a little bit about this song well uh this was like one of the very very first songs that i kind of wrote straight front to back and i'd say it's probably like the third song i wrote straight front to back and whenever i first started writing music when i was like 16 you know, 16 year old. Yeah. You know what 16 year olds are going through. It's just kind of <laughs> like, I just, I felt like, you know, you just try and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying, but it seems like to the people that you're trying to impress the most, you're always doing the thing wrong. You know what I mean? So pretty much that's where the, the whole lyrics and the vibe and the song ends up going real hard at the end, you know, because we just trying so hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. pretty much, yeah, where that song came from. Yeah. It was just a, a real good song. Um, it's one of those things that, like you say, you know, if it's uh, if it's your wife or your parents or depending on what stage you are in life that you, you know, you try, but you know you're not doing the right thing sometimes, but you still you're trying to do the right thing. Like the Bible says, I want to do the right thing, but yeah. I still can't do the right thing. Things that do do, it yeah. don't do, it don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then uh, uh, but you get to a point in your life, man, that, um, you know, you can, if you can fast forward this song 10 years yeah. Uh, in life when you begin to mature and you can look back on this song and see where you are now. Definitely. And then those people that you failed, now you're making them smile and happy about the things that you're doing in life. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. love the song. Absolutely love the song. Yeah, so, you know, uh, as I was going through the album and knowing you guys is, is a big plus, but specifically going through these songs, even though there isn't necessarily... Uh, it's not an album theme. I think it's just who it is, who y'all are. Um, I, I really get from your songs a sense of personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, and 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 I think I was cause I was trying to think. Well, you know, how could I sum it up? Yeah. And and uh, not just one record, but the the whole album. And and a lot of your songs have to deal with this 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 like really ingrained sense of personal responsibility and accountability yeah and uh and it's and it's wrapped in in uh, beautiful melodies great bass lines solid drums you know and it's playful in in some areas some music but uh you know what uh, how, how is that rooted in your music where does that come from um i like that you said that though because i've uh i when i think about it and i try to like because like, like you said, like what genre do you play and stuff? Like I'm always having to answer those kind of questions to people and I'd like try to come up with what is like the theme of the album. I have to come up with that stuff sometimes or like a common thing. And I hadn't quite put a word on it. So that was, I was really glad you said that. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I have a lot of personal responsibility just in general because I'm always I'm always trying to do my best and be better and like all that kind of stuff. And then when you bring like the uh, the Christian side of it, you know, you're supposed to be you living up to the certain standard and stuff. So like that kind of stuff just comes out of me a lot. I guess it's just my I always have this drive of like I'm always trying to do so much better <laughs> than what I'm currently doing. Yeah. And so then anytime you don't do as good as you wanted to do it it comes out like that in one way or another. Why I think that's so interesting is because, you know, you listen to other artists, you listen to just other music out there that's, that's out there. And, and, and that same kind of, I guess that, that moral framework that, that you have Mm -hmm. because of your faith and all that, you are upholding it. You're, you're putting it in a positive light. When I hear other artists, they get that same topic and rather than using it as a stepping stool, they use it as something that has been a uh, a trap for yeah. them. It's something that's been, you know, uh, uh, their downfall. An and excuse to An excuse. Fail. Yeah, excuses. Yeah. So, you know, it's um in your music, I, I find, I actually find substance, which is great in, you know, in, in these <laughs> yeah, waters thanks. nowadays. It, it, there's substance in it. I'm listening to it and you're communicating a message. And, you know, some people just say, you know, I, I just want to, I just put on music and it's in the background. But, you know, if it's going to be on my playlist, if it's going to be something that's going to be in my house, now yeah. having a little kid that repeats everything, he's two years old, mm, he repeats yeah. absolutely everything, <laughs> you know, I, I I don't need him to be repeating. So you some... don't play WAP at your no, house? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> ain't no WAP there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wow. I have, the, I have the same feeling, right? You hear, especially when you talk about these genres that you have p- putting together, um, you don't get that feel very often, right? You know, it's 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 normally more of a darker side, mm-hmm. but you've taken this this indie rock island feel and and brought a very positive. Yeah, because it doesn't have to, to be it. that way, you know. Right, it doesn't have to be negative. I was there's a lot of negative lyrics on there. Yeah, that's I, yeah, James that definitely has some stuff to say so. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they yeah. they're negative but I try to if I if I'm going to say a whole bunch of really negative stuff, I always yeah, try to have right, some right. kind of positive thing that's on the exactly, other side. That's exactly yeah. where I was about to go. There's got to be some kind of hope <laughs> with it. Yeah, I, try, exactly. I try not mm-hmm. to cuz I'll lean into some really negative emotion. So if you took but that what that's what makes music great. Like yeah. you get inside of you and you find those different emotions and you're yeah. able like that like try. Mm-hmm. Right? You you went deep inside of you on some stuff you was feeling when you was however whatever the age was and mm-hmm. you put it to music and that's what inspires people. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're I for me, I think Ben too. I'm if I'm going to write lyrics to anything, like I it's got to be an honest lyric, you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. So, so Tell me about Susie Lee. Where, because this was the for this uh, <laughs> album, this one kind of stuck out to me. Like that's funny. Where, where did this fit in with y'all? That was the first song we ever wrote together. Number one. It didn't sound like that when we wrote it, but yeah, I mean, does the same baseline. And this is how it happened. Go ahead. I said, <laughs> I come out of the, I come out of the shower and I said, James, I got a song. I got a baseline. And this I is like a I, week after we said, I said, after I said what would you want to do? Yeah. And I said, we could do that. Oh, yeah. I said, play bass in a reggae band. And then I took a shower. I remember taking a shower and then coming out and just having this bass line just stuck in my head. So I just hopped on the shower bass. Socks, and then he yeah. hopped on the drums. And then I, we pretty much came to the conclusion this is how the song is going to kind of go. And then James does this. I write, so I pretty much write the music. 
and do all the music stuff first and then once the vibes come out then it's obvious what the lyrics are gonna have to be about you know so i, I never write lyrics first ever that's interesting. Yeah, that's definitely. I never ever lyrics always come very last. Yeah, but all the songs are different. Yeah, they're all different, but I never write the lyrics first ever. But yeah. so James, on the other hand, is the total opposite, I have and he has lyrics. lyrics for years yeah. and years. And that's the way most people write music. Yeah, you, you reverse and engineer I it, do it completely backwards. Yeah, I just want to make sure the vibes right for what I'm gonna be talking about. You know, so basically, James just said. Dude, I got lyrics that'll go perfect for this. Literally, <laughs> yeah. just like that. So tell me where yeah, these, this, this story lyrics. come from. <laughs> okay, let me think. So this was, like I said, this was like one of the first ones we wrote. So so you said like how long did it take to make the album? We, so technically it was like four or five years because that's when we started this. And this was the first song we wrote. So, but for that, so probably like three of the 10 songs were written at that time. Try was one of the first ones we wrote. This one was one of the first ones we wrote. But then, like, the other, like, six or seven we wrote in the last, like, year or so. But so that one was from, like, I was out of high school, I guess, shortly out of high school, early college, some sometime around there. And that was just, like, that's a fictional person, but it was just, like, a personality, I guess, that I've seen in so many, like, friends and just, like, acquaintances, coworkers, like, all that. And I, anyway, and I just, like, put it. Well, let's, take, let's take a listen to it. Okay, go ahead. You know who you are, Susie Lee. Yeah, you know who you are. Everybody knows a Susie Lee. Yeah. Talking <laughs> so about them drums right there. line and the drums uh, that song shows it all yeah um so thing was last night i text i text james i'm like who is the other vocalist and because yeah. i've never heard ben sing before right um, he's kind he of a just, shy guy yeah he was just like in the in that way he is in every other aspect of his life he's like big personality um but we've never seen him on stage singing. He's always in the background playing an instrument or whatever. And he was just like, that's me and Ben. We've done it all. And I was just, so then when I really started like leaning into the, I could hear him. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But that was just a different voice that I heard come out of Yeah, it. if you listen to him on other songs, it's like very obviously him. Yeah. You, we all know how Ben talks. <laughs> so right, right. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, that's what that being said, obviously James wrote those lyrics, you know what I mean? So I'm sitting there trying to remember the lyrics, you know? And yeah. That's just not the way that, I don't know. The definitely those definitely were my lyrics, and you could kind of tell because you couldn't really tell that was me. You know right. what I mean? 
Yeah, it, it was good. I'm I'm such a fan of your bass playing, man. I've always been uh, a bass. You know, I think bass in the uh, in the whole music world, uh, it, it kind of gets overshadowed. I think by a lot of other things, but yeah. I think I can. I, I, I think I've made the decision in my life that I think bass is my favorite instrument. Yeah, uh, I like it because good. it is both yeah. uh, completely rhythmic, but you can act. You can play melodies on it. Me being a drummer at That's heart, funny. you know, it, you're you're only worried about you know it, drum music. I mean, I know I know you write it on different parts of a staff, right? If you're yeah. looking at written music, but uh, and then you get into the tones and stuff like that. But you you don't really do a lot of melody on drums, not unless you're like Terry Bozio or whatever, <laughs> right? Uh, those kind of guys. But uh, but the bass, man. What's your inspiration? Uh, that your main, maybe your top three inspirations for the way that you play bass. Uh, the, well, the thing is, is uh, it comes down to the music genre that we kind of listened to growing up, me and my brothers, to kind of what my style is going to be playing. But uh, I mean, I started playing bass because uh, James was obviously going to be the drummer. I mean, me and my brothers, we could play drums, but James never stopped playing; just kept playing and playing. So we're like, James, the drummer. Then Garrett started playing guitar, and then my sister picked up keys and acoustic, and they could all sing. And then whenever it was like my time, guys going in like fourth or fifth grade to pick up something, you know. Big time. Uh, my, dad, my dad said, my <laughs> dad, thing left, my dad uh, said, guitar. yeah, my dad said, uh, I've always wanted to play bass. Bass is the best. Bass is my favorite, you know, because he's a drummer, you know, so he yeah. gets it just like you get it. And so then I, I just said, all right, well, I'm trying to play bass. And then he bought me a bass, and then. Next thing you know, I'm he's just pushing me to play bass. So the thing is, it's kind of crazy, you know, try. I'm sitting there trying to, you know, I feel like I'm doing everything right, writing this music and all this stuff. But it's just like, you know, at the same time, I'm doing it because really trying to impress, you know, my dad, do something for my dad. You know, my dad's the one who said, bass player, that's that's what I've always wanted to do. But I can't do it. That's what no. I've always wanted to do. But mm. the inspiration, man. I just love good music, and good music is the bases in front, whether you know that or not. But you don't know it. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like so bass. many times, like we feel like the bass, the bass player is always in the back of the room. But yeah, for the song, for the song, if you don't have a good bass, because you can like okay, it's the same so, thing with the drummer too. Definitely. Yeah, but the, oh, yeah. The, everybody sees the drummer because he's loud. Right, you yeah, know, because yeah. he's smashing cymbals, and you know. Well, I mean, if it's that kind of music, if, right. you do, if you talk about like jazz or something, they're just smooth yeah. and real tight, but lightly tapped. The, but the, like the roll of the toms, and yeah. it, it, there's some flair to it, right? Yeah. There's some flair to it. Um, but it, especially, let's, let's just talk about Christian music. All right, mm. you know. <laughs> so wait, many... wait, 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 like, 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 like CCM, contemporary Christian music, or you want to, you want to get into like the '90s and '80s, and I mean, talking about Family Force Five, I, <laughs> like, really, all of it. All, right, all of it. it. You just have you know the bass players just like don don don. But they just hold down root notes, they're not you know, and yeah. But when you have a bass player in the room, oh yeah. It changes the dynamic of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start about melodies and different things like that, and then uh, what I like, I what I like to do is watch Ben play the bass because he has fun. Mm-hmm. It's not he's just not back there plucking on some big strings, you know. Mm-hmm. He's having fun. He have his smile on his face when he goes on a run, and it just brings um, and makes the song so much bigger than it than it would would normally be if you if you just had you know somebody just holding down the rhythm right right yeah so 
No, it's and and yeah, it's it's just like it's uh, me and James. We talk a lot about music and a lot of different things. And again, not to just nerd out on y'all, but uh, 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 I I put my own uh, my own situation, I guess, when it comes to my approach to music, I guess, is that whenever you have more of a of a rhythm foundation, and then now you know because you're 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 doing synths, you're finding uh, melody lines vocal for your vocals and all those kind of things. I find that one of the hard things uh, just to do in general, whenever you spent a long period of your life just thinking in rhythm, and then now you are the front lead guy and you're you're oh, you're gosh. creating all these kind of things. You know, it, you find a uh, I don't know. I've found some walls in my life. I don't know. Do you, have you ever found anything like that for you? I hate being the lead guy. I hate doing stuff that's not drums because drums is what I feel comfortable with because that's what I've done for forever. But now, uh, if you come watch us play something, which by the way, he's we're not having, even playing drums. I don't and even I'm play not drums even playing anymore. bass. Yeah, yeah. You know but that I mean? was like what had to be done to make the thing work. Yeah, you know? and it works. It so, works. I've seen you live. It's a great show. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. But uh, yeah, I, it's tough because it's kind of like learning another instrument. And if I'm going to go play synths or something, because like though that kind of stuff I've only been getting into the last few years of my life. Uh, I never really considered myself a singer. I still don't really consider myself a singer. I I guess vocalist feels more appropriate. Right. Uh, but still, it's just like I don't know. I don't. I don't consider myself much of a singer, but I'm doing so much vocal stuff that it's like, I guess I am now. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I don't feel good about that stuff. I feel way better just doing drums because that's what I know the best, you know? You bringing up synths right now. Um, uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong or give me some give me some just greater insight into it, but it feels like this album and, the, and this, uh, this set of songs on, on, on this album, there really isn't as, uh, there is synths, yeah. But it just doesn't feel as synth heavy as some of your earlier work. Is that right? Yeah. Well, okay. So like Ben was talking about with writing songs. Um, so every song is different. So some of the song, a lot of the songs are the way he described it. Um, but if it's a song, because sometimes one of us will come to the other one and and have like 95% of a song done. Be like, hey, I wrote this song. This is how it should go. This is how the drum should go. This is how it should you know, and yeah. and then the other person will kind of put their own little flair on it, but it'll be done. So, like, I've done that with a few songs. Ben's done that with a few songs. Most of the time, it's more like, I wrote this chorus. Can we come up with some chords for it? And then we do the whole thing. Or Ben's like, hey, I wrote this guitar riff, and we'll go from there or whatever. But mm-hmm. so if it's a more synth-heavy song, it's probably a song that I wrote because I don't play guitars and bass. I don't play stringed instruments. Yeah. So it's probably something that the sense were like supposed to be the forefront of the song uh, if yeah, I wrote it. Makes, makes sense, yeah. So makes most sense. of these songs on this album were more ones that he like started the song with, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Except a lot. for this next song that we're about to talk about. <laughs> oh, is so, that what? Th- so this next song here is actually the one that just kind of caught me, I guess, from first listen. Um, I'm just going to go back, listen to the album more more and more, but <laughs> but from the offset, I guess, this is the one that really just grabbed my attention in a in a in a in a real special way. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. It's called Pop Nonsense. There's too much pop nonsense clogging up the airways. Pop don't mean it's bad, but it ain't good because it's popular. Take me to where was that? I don't wanna go back, but I don't know if I could even know where to go. Promote this, promote that. Who cares? You'll be back and stream it again. And even tell your friends, I don't know if it's good or not. Just learn from the past, just the same song. 
Okay, so I didn't grow I didn't grow up I didn't grow up in this time that I'm about to discuss, but this was my favorite movie whenever I was growing up. It was called Crush Groove. Mm. Crush Groove. Yeah. Um, Must have been from David's time. Yeah, it was from David's time. <laughs> this, uh, I, I, this is this is my error sound when you have like Kumo D, yeah. the Fat Boys, Curtis Blow, okay, Curtis yeah, Blow, yeah, yeah. all those. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Stuff I like felt that. like Curtis Blow was about to come on now. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. yeah. no, is Curtis Blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, with the big the big gold chains and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, yeah. This the, was, the fuzzy, uh, what was it? What, what kind of hats? The Kango hats. Yeah, Kango hats. Yeah. Curtis Blow, when you so Curtis Blow the bags. Yeah. So about mm, five, six, seven years ago, Curtis Blow did a Christian album. Did he really? really? Yeah, oh, he did. Shouts out my boy Curtis. Yeah. Blow. <laughs> Shout out to Curtis, and then about a year. <laughs> And then about a year later, he got busted with some cocaine on an airplane. With a little blow. <laughs> with a little blow. We retract our previous shout out. Lord, uh, God, what just happened? Hey, I'll still shout out. Hope you're doing good, Curtis. Yeah, hey, hey, come back to the podcast. You know what? Let's talk. Yeah. Uh, hey. So this song cool. here, it just, I feel it on. so much. Um, I feel it so much. I'm going to just try to keep this train moving. Go ahead. Uh, because... Oh my goodness, like pop music. It's not just pop music. It is radio music, period. Don't matter what genre it is. Um, They play the same song over and over and over again. And and the the time, like now, when there's so much music, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, But there's there's a, a dollar somewhere. So when we had our record label, just a little bit of inside, we'll nerd out on you just a little bit more. Um, when we had our record label, we would always try to get on the radio, you uh-huh. know, and we had some pretty good music, uh, Christian music, but we would just like send our, our music to these different places or whatever. Um, but later when, when my buddy actually, uh, started working for radio, mm-hmm. what well, we found out there is radio people that you have to get with. Basically you have to pay these radio people to go out and, they take your music to the different radio stations because now they they're tr- they're the trusted one, and then you take they take your music and and mm-hmm. kind of take it to the different radio stations, and that's how you get on radio. Yeah. So you pay them, you know, a radio guy. If you ever hear hear people in the industry, they're talking about, hey, my radio guy. Yeah, well, that's, that's the, guy. the guy that's actually getting the music to the radio stations. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There's always this cash flow going on in the industry. To Sounds get like a mafia. Yeah, that's yeah, basically what it is to get mm-hmm. your stuff to go where it needs to go. So, Well, there's so many artists and bands and whatever out there, and they all want the publicity. And so 
So, like, I have a friend that's done, he does stuff for uh, The Buzz and uh, shout out Noe. If you ever hear this, he's like our number one fan. He's the best, man. I went to college with him and he's been super helpful with stuff. And anyway, he does a lot of PR stuff with that radio station. And, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I was talking to him one time about like people submitting stuff to them. And he was, you know, just talking about like the thousands and thousands of submissions that people will send them a day and it's like there's no way to go through all that stuff and he was telling me like crazy stories about people like driving down the freeway with their cd being like hey here's my cd and like throwing it at the car for people to lear and it anyway so there's so much going on out there so in order to kind of weed through that people will pay you money so then you have like if you're on like a major label or you just have money behind you to do promo you pay people to play stuff and on so that's how you end up with like the same kind of stuff going on because it's just the same people paying the same money to get the same kind of songs. You know? Right. So back in the day, that that radio PR guy was the DJ. Yeah. So you paid the DJ to play your songs in the club or at you know events and different things like that, and then that's how you got your break. Now, the that you know industry caught up with that. They're like, okay. We're going to assign a spot, a person for that, and mm-hmm. then that created jobs and different things like that. So it kind of took the the DJ out of it, and then now they have these people. So you you'll see um, a lot of these people if you look at their their history. They used to be DJs, right? Yeah. Because they have the connections and different things like that, and now they're PR guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like pop nonsense. This song, it's it's to, to me, it was like. Shots fired, but not at anybody specifically, but at an entire industry. industry yeah, yep. you yeah. know, and it's I can like rant about the music industry. She <laughs> does. She does. I try to. I try to reel it in. <laughs> right, and and it's like, and, and you. That's very apparent in this song, but it's just it it it's it's giving us truth, yeah. and I don't think anybody can say nah. I don't agree with that. You know, yeah. it's it's absolutely true. Everybody sticks to the same chord progressions. Everybody sticks to the same formulas. Uh, you know, that's why Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney <laughs> Spears all sounded the same because it was all the same producer. Uh, Max Martin, I believe, it was all the same producer yeah. doing the same thing because it's a cash cow. It's easy. Um, it, it plays on people's, really on people's ignorance yeah. when it comes to music. You look, you look at uh, music from, from days gone by and there was things in music that it was composed in there mm-hmm. to, to, to train your ear, to, to, to enrich you, get you a little more cultured. And that, that was the fun of listening to these old records and these kind of things. You know, there's always something there, whether it's creative or production or something, it was always something in there. A nugget for you to be like, man, that that's awesome how they did that, mm-hmm. and for you to talk about it now, it just feels like you know we are in a, it's it's like the the microwave generation of music. Yeah, and it, it, it's okay. So I just listened to this, uh, y'all. Don't judge me, okay? I oh, just, you already judged. I just nah, listened right? to this uh, <laughs> the new Bieber song, Justin Bieber. Oh yeah, which it's one? called Lonely. The Bieber. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, on I the, thought it was a, a really really good song. Yeah. Um, and if you look at his life, so he was in that that thing, that whole Backstreet Boys, that whole cookie cutter things, right? But the problem is, like, he had a problem coming out of that mold, right? So he was just, like, pushing mm-hmm. to all these little kids, little kids, little kids. And then one mm-hmm. day he woke up, and he was the grown man, yeah. and he didn't know how to pivot out of these little girl things. And he started going, wow, you know, he did it. 
Britney Spears shaved Miley her head. Cyrus, yeah, <laughs> Miley Cyrus went Definitely. crazy. I mean, all these people mm-hmm. that they still going crazy. They're in the industry, <laughs> um, and they don't know how to pivot because they were these child prodigies. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then they grow up so and they're they're grown and they're still stuck in this mold. Uh, and that's what the industry does. I mean, that's exactly what this pop nonsense. That's what happens. Is to play dav- devil's advocate, though. Um, a lot of people that would talk trash, kind of like I was doing in the song, and like we're kind of doing about that whole stuff. Uh, they couldn't write a hit song if you paid them a bazillion oh, yeah. dollars. You know what I mean? So these people, there is a skill there to make to make that Britney Spears hit song. You know, and the in sync one, and whatever you want to talk about. There, it's a, and I've been, the more I started learning like audio stuff and like production stuff, the more I kind of started like appreciating that stuff. So, like, I may not like necessarily be into the new uh, Ariana Drake song or Ariana Grande or whatever, but like, I can appreciate the production that they did in that as far as like all the sounds they did, like how it was mixed and you know, all that kind of stuff, yeah. different effects that they use to like cut the song up. Like, cause now I'm like, I learned about all that kind of stuff a little bit and I'm like, Oh, that was a really cool trick. The way they use that filter there and blah, 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 yeah. and yeah. all nerdy stuff. That's but, what uh, I get nerded out on. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can appreciate it in that way, but yeah, I mean to just blanket be like, yeah, that's all trash and it's so bad. And then they're back there playing their same blues rock riff. That's like the same chord progression. It's like, well, you're doing the same thing, guy. You're just not successful. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't really talk about, it, you know, you at get... least this guy's out here selling millions of whatever, you oh, know? Yeah. So yeah. I will say that just to be fair. Well, let's, let's get into <laughs> a, a couple more songs real quick. And then we got to start yeah, no, turning gonna... this thing down. But I, I mean, we got you guys here, so let's just get into it. Why let's not? go. This one's called keeping on. today you know there's a mm-hmm. lot of things going on with the pandemic with the shutdown and all these different things going we wrote on. this one during the pandemic and mm-hmm. uh and it yeah. feels like it you know uh so talk to us a little bit about this song ben wrote most of that one oh uh, well i mean it just kind of came to a point in my life where uh, i wrote the little guitar riff and then the bass line the song came together real quick but like i said earlier i wrote my lyrics at the end so like i'd kind of just not intentionally like wrote these lyrics through the song that I wrote. And so the lyrics that I put together pretty much just came naturally with the vibe of the song, which the vibe of the song was during the pandemic. You know, you just got to keep on keeping on at the end of the day, you know, but like we don't really know nothing about any of these people. We don't know anything that's going on in other people's lives. But at the end of the day, we all going through some stuff and we're going to keep on keeping on, you know, so that I felt like the lyrics were pretty, pretty dead on with the vibe of the song. And 
I don't know. This is my this is my favorite song on the album. This is probably my favorite song. Yeah, this one's really good, and I think that you guys, y'all, are in the service industry, so uh, y'all got hit pretty hard with the pandemic, and your jobs mm-hmm. were shut down, and all that, and that, a lot of those stuff was like it's funding making the album and Definitely. and your household and all that. So I I, I really felt that vibe through the, this whole song. Mm-hmm. Do you you guys ever get any backlash or anything like that where it's uh, you know. Like we're talking about island music, right? There's a there's a lot of, and you you're not the first to do this kind of genre stuff like that. But yeah. you ever get anybody to say, "Wait, but you're white boys." Mm, I mean, we're not like well known yet, so <laughs> I'm I think, sure that's I think, been said to me my whole life. That, yeah, that, yeah, but you you got some nappy hair, so I think yeah, that's <laughs> the number one thing. It starts from there. Yeah, that, it uh, starts but from this there. Is the other thing is, go from there. you're not trying to, you're not trying to be. The, you're not using the accents and the words and stuff like that. I think that's when you get in trouble is um, when you start trying to use those accents. We'll start trying. Yeah. Well, like I said, when we're if we if I'm gonna write some words down, like everything's got to be honest and all. So I hate it when people are like, man, I, I'm, I'm not gonna rant about that. But anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hold it back. But uh, I mean, we're from Houston. There's H Town rap. That's the whole thing. It's not like so we've been around like that kind of music for forever and i listened to which i personally love yeah i listened yeah, to a bunch say, of old I mean, like 90s hip-hop and stuff i'm not like i would never call myself a rapper uh and i don't want to be but uh like there's that's a one of the ingredients that's like a uh influence to the kind of stuff we make so it's going to come out a little it, bit you i know? mean people are going to hate my buddy vaughn he did a very much of an island song and had the he was he was rapping with that you know the island accent and people hated on him and he he had to remind them hey i was born in the virgin islands you know yeah. this is my <laughs> this is my original you know uh-huh. vibe and stuff like that so people are gonna hate man just keep on moving keep on keeping on i yeah. think for us it makes it it doesn't we haven't had any issues and i think it's just kind of makes it more um what's the word like easily accessible to people that listen to any kind of pop music in general that wouldn't normally listen to like an indie rock band or something. Yeah. Right. You know? So. Yeah. And we live in a time now too. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there's definitely a lot of artists that have uh, done a lot of blending of music and stuff like that. I showed yeah. a buddy of mine, uh, some of your music, the, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and then, uh, you know, he was like, oh, you know, they kind of give me like a 21 pilots kind of vibe for this song yeah, or whatever. Yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, and Hey, you know, whatever. Right. And do you guys hate that whenever somebody says, you know what you guys remind me of? Only if it's a trash band. <laughs> no, 21 pilots, whenever, whenever the 21 pilots was first popping off, like people would kind of tell us that when we'd show them a little something we just recorded a little bit and that was cool then but like now yeah. I'm kind of like dang it you know <laughs> right. I'm overall still okay with 21 Pilots yeah I'm cool with them I'm I got some I got some uh, oh man I can't even remember the the, the the album was called Dookie oh Green Day Green Day I got a Green Day feel on one of the one of the two of the songs just, too I wanna be an American great album by the way. that was a yeah, great yeah. album yeah, yeah, the yeah, album the album cover was good too with all yeah. the little monkeys and stuff um, alright speaking of album covers uh, shout out to my boy Caesar over Caesar here Caesar over here <laughs> took that photo for us so you'll have to look it up when you and like I said it. in the little documentary you guys made my job a whole lot <laughs> easier I mean if you haven't seen this album you will the album cover it's great it's fantastic yeah, it let me just tell you a little story about that uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> not I thought that, you were pulling no, a Trump on no, us. No, no, no. It's the best album it's cover. It's the best album cover ever. It's I want first, to thank myself it, for, <laughs> for taking such a great photo. It's like first it's that album cover and then it's Nirvana's. And anyway, uh, <laughs> no, but, but while we were, <laughs> oh, while we were, uh, while we were getting the shot, um, and there was some, uh, there was some, uh, I guess some city workers or something like that on, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, just yeah, some city workers right in that same parking lot where we were. We just pulled up to some random parking lot over there in uh, in the Dirty Bay. Dirty and, Bay, and, exactly. And uh, <laughs> and, and it, you got to see these two. I mean, they are. Uh, oh God. Oh man, you know, it's like. <sighs> I can't even describe it. It, it. It's just like they went into a, it was almost like a, a goodwill fashion show that was hit with a, it was hit with a bomb and, and what came out was that. I, I mean, it, but it looked fly. I mean, just for the record, we went to zero stores for these. We just went to our closets and we had everything on deck. That's scary. That's scary. No, but they look like that. Completely, they, they completely fly. It, it looks great. It looks great, but but it's just it's not normal people clothes. <laughs> it's very, it's very indie thing. rock though. Very indie rock. The, the name of the albums. Go ahead and ignore this if you want. So we were trying to be ironic. Oh and yes, look as ridiculous and unignorable so, as but, possible. So back to the back to the workers. Back yeah. to these you know nine to five or, or, or six. Probably it's probably like six to six with these guys working yeah. fourteen hours a day or whatever. The truck driver guys. Yeah, truck driver guys and all that. Shout out to all my truck drivers. But they uh, bone truck. You know they. Uh, you know that you could tell these guys are working for their families or whatever and then you see these two <laughs> just walk out and all that glorious splendor around them right <laughs> and, and they got a whole camera team and camera crew around them and they, i could just imagine what the comments were over there right. but it was oh, yeah. it was a fantastic shoot fantastic day but hey, uh, go ahead and ignore this if you want it was fun yeah exactly. and they did not ignore it they didn't right you could tell they chose not to all right we're gonna go out with this song i don't know yet Tell us a little about this song, and then we'll close it out on that on that uh, tune. This was also one of the ones that was like we wrote super long ago. I wrote most of this one. Uh, ben came up with like the bass line and stuff. I this is one where I had he started it on the synth. Yeah. I had all the lyrics for the song written out, which there is way too many lyrics for this song. But I had them all written out, and I came up with like a little line on the synth and stuff. And so I just showed them to, him and I was like, "Hey, just play the chords over this." And anyway, we, it came together like that. But uh, this one's kind of all over the place too. But I'll, I'll just let you play it, and you can hear it. All right, let's listen. To, I don't know yet. Well, I can feel my feet because I no longer sleep because I can't get you out of my mind. I got a bad taste on my tongue from telling everyone Don't you worry about me, I'm fine Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose Sometimes you learn to sing the blues And others are feeling alright If I could fix my brain, do you think I'd be the same? Or better off from the last time? That one, uh, that I like. Uh, I like lyrics in songs that are more not necessarily about a specific thing, but more just like from a place or a time in your life or a certain emotion that you were going through and stuff. And that's kind of more what this song is. There's like a whole bunch of different specific things, and I don't like to go into too much details about lyrics because it kind of just uh, 
if if I listen to a song and I like the song and hence the name of this song here. Oh yeah. Also, when we were working on it, I uh, I labeled it I don't know yet while we were still working on it, and then we just left that as the title because it just seemed appropriate for the thing. (laughs) But uh, man, I lost my train of thought with it. Yeah, I I if I listen to a song and I really like the lyrics because they mean something to me for whatever reason, and then maybe I listen to an interview with the person that wrote it, and they're like, "Yeah, it was really about this," and da da da, and that's not what it meant to me. <laughs> then it like ruins the song for yes. me, you know? Yeah, because it's like I was relating it to this situation I was going through, and I was like, "Man, these lyrics are just perfect for that. I love it." And then he's like, "Oh yeah, well, it was about this girl I dated in high school." <laughs> yeah, and, and you're just like. Yeah, well, what? Well, and so I mean, you can still listen to the song, but it's like it never is the same. So I don't like to go into like all these hard details about it. Mm-hmm. And if I write words, like I try to say exactly what I want to say with it. Like they're pretty meticulously thought out. So yeah. I won't go into like all that stuff. And you can just let it mean whatever you want it to mean for you. <laughs> hey, it's art. Yeah, that's there it. it is. It's but art. Like I said, there's a lot of really negative words <laughs> on that album. And like, I don't know if you paid attention to that verse, but they were not very happy <laughs> and positive at all. Well, James, you're a really nice guy. So your, defi- your definition yeah. of negative is and probably like, he says it, it is it's not like, oh, that guy's really style. nice. Right. So <laughs> tell us a little bit where we can find the album, release dates, parties, all that good stuff. All right, so um, it's Friday, November 6th is when it's coming out, which I think you said that's when we're going to put this podcast out. Friday, so, November 6th. November 6th. It's available everywhere. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so you can listen to it, Spotify, iTunes, whatever you use to listen to music, you can find it there. Um, we What's are, that, the title of the album Eucalyption.com, and the album name is Go Ahead and Ignore This If You Want. Eucalyption is spelled E-U-C-A-L-Y-P-T-I-O-N. One more time in case Just people are trying to figure that out. Beers. E-U-C-A-L-Y-P-T-I-O-N. Eucalyption. That's how it's spelled. Boom. We have Instagram and that kind of stuff. You want to follow it. It's all just, everything's just eucalyptus. Eucalyption.com would be the easiest way. Yeah, you can find all those links. Shout out to Nikki for helping us with that thing. Uh, she did a great job with all that stuff. She's been helping a lot. Yeah, with stuff. Nikki did also do a great job on that whole behind she also the scenes made, video. Yeah, I was gonna right. say she also made a behind the scenes video of like the album shoot. So if you wanted to see any of that stuff that Caesar's talking about, you can go to our YouTube channel and we put that up. Uh, which again is just YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Um, we're gonna have an album release party, so we're gonna throw on a big concert. Uh, we're gonna th- play all these songs on it. Some of the old ones that were on like our EP that we put out last year and. All that stuff, and it's going to be here at the church. Um, we're still trying to figure out all the details on it. It's most likely going to be outside in that big field there by the fountain, and it's going to be really cool and free fun. show. Free it's show. Go show hard. up. It's not going to be mediocre because it's, it's going free. to. It's going to be <laughs> okay. Thursday night, December third. That is for sure the info that we have, and I'll keep you guys updated because you know I'm on this podcast all the time. There so you we'll go. Throw yeah, those yeah, out, yeah. man. And yeah, I think that's it, right? All right, so I'm gonna throw this out there, and the Refuge Project will 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 finance this one. The first three people hit us at the Refuge Project PC on Twitter, you get a free download of the album. Nice, so sounds good to me. We, know. we also got merch, plenty of merch coming on the way for that album release. So, oh yeah. Um, what, what do we got as far as social media? Where we can find your social media? Instagram, Twitter, Eucalyptus.com. Everything. Yeah, and if you can't think of anything, just go to eucalyption.com. There's links to everything there. Yes, sir. All right. Well, very good. Well, thanks for coming, guys. And we just had a, a really good conversation. And go find their project. Thanks. Thanks.